0: The other day, I was looking for something in a box of some old papers. And while I was matching through these things, uh, I came across a school certificate for effort and consistency. And it didn't belong to either of my children. But it was one that I gained when I was 12, going by the date on it. Last month, the start of October, was my son's 12th birthday. But it seems barely a month ago that he was an infant that I could hold along one arm. You know, he, he was only that length when he was a young baby. And uh, he's now up to about here. So the, the difference um, the time passing... Um, Is strange. He's now moved from primary uh, to secondary. But as the father of that little baby, I remember at one stage, when he was about a month old, wondering what conversations would I have with him. Once he's able to speak, what would he say? What would be the questions, what would be the things he would tell me. Uh, I remember also telling one of my congregations at the time this, and afterwards one of the gentlemen took me aside and said, you'll wish that you'll be quiet, that's what you'll want to. Our passage today has a son that has grown up and is thinking a bit about what his father did, about his father's life. He's thinking about his forefathers stretching back to Egypt and the release that the Lord gave. And he's thinking of his heavenly father. And he's thinking of words that the heavenly father Longs to hear from his children. In the passage, Solomon, David's son, is bringing a prayer of dedication. Uh, He's praying at kind of the opening of the temple where they have just housed the Ark of the Covenant. But the prayer is not about meeting the cost. It's not about the craftsmanship. He's not delighting in that. It's not about the materials that have been used in the building. It's not about the blood or sweat or tears of labor. But it's a prayer of intercession, thinking to the future, to the future people that will worship, at the temple and thinking of the temple. It thinks of the great promise made to Abraham and his descendants, and how the Lord said, I will be your God and you will be my people, and how that relationship exists between the children. and their father. The temple is clearly recognized by Solomon as not a place where God is going to dwell. D- dwell. You know, he repeatedly says, you know, you'll hear from heaven. We quite often think of The Jews in the Old Testament, the the children of Israel, thinking of the temple as being where God dwells, where he lives. But Solomon says God is too big to fit in there. It's not a place for God to dwell, but for his name to live. For his presence to be, just as it is everywhere, but for his name to live a place where he would be known and to which many would bring worship. Solomon even acknowledges that there will be strangers, that because of this place, because the name is known, foreigners will come, strangers will travel. And although from different backgrounds, they will be able to pray to the one true God, And Solomon asks that God will answer their prayers. And he recognizes, too, that not everyone who wants to pray is able to attend, is able to come to the temple. He thought particularly of soldiers, and perhaps that's appropriate in this week when we have... Remembrance Sunday approaching. He thinks of the army abroad and how they may worship the Lord as if they were in the temple and how those soldiers' prayers will be heard and they would be protected. Indeed, in, in this passage, which is quite long and isn't the, the full Prayer, it would seem that Solomon raises before God almost every possible instance that could crop up in the life of Israel. Almost anything that could happen is named within there. There's droughts and famines, there's plagues of locusts, there's hostile attack, there's captivity, there's disease, there's suffering. All sorts of afflictions are mentioned as possible concerns on the Israelites' heart. And Solomon petitions that these prayers may be heard from wherever they are prayed. He even sort of looks to that time of the exile that is still some many years in the future. How the Babylonians will come and take people to another country. And he says, when they're in that other country, hear their prayer. Of course, we might remember how they struggle to pray, how they struggle to praise when they're in that other country. That familiar psalm, you know, by the rivers of Babylon. You know? How can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? But yet, when the Lord's song is sung, when the prayers are given from wherever the Lord will hear. So Solomon, on his heart, is about the situations that have not happened yet. We might pray for the sick, and it's right to pray for the sick. We might pray for those in war and in times of conflict, for those in distress. But how often do we pray for people before they're in that situation, that they might know that God is with them? Do we pray for those of good health, for those at school who are not facing exams, for those in the workplace that are doing well, for the ability to relax for those who are recently retired. Just as the news tends to report only disaster or great success, we sometimes fail to remember everyday life. Solomon was not quite praying into those situations, but over the relationship between God and humanity, that the hearts might be aligned before the turmoil begins. Solomon prays that God may hear the cries of the sinner and forgive the penitent heart, but the focus of such a prayer is not just that God will hear the prayer, but that the sinner will make the prayer. That people will pray. I wonder do we get a certificate of effort and consistency for our prayer of life? For where we are, for praying for the world that surrounds us each day, that the people of our neighborhoods, the people that might not normally come to the temple or come to the church, that they might know to turn to God and bring their prayers to Him, the people however remote they feel, be it physically or spiritually from God, wherever they are, that they might know that God is present with them, that he is listening, and that he is desperate to hear them speak. As a child, may we and may others pray to our Father, and may we pray that others may pray. Amen.